this year coming up, I know there's going to be ups and downs. There may seem to be some really, really low lows. <laughs> but I think we can find contentment and joy in the process of moving forward in so many areas of our life. And because this is a horse podcast, an equestrian podcast, a horsemanship podcast, specifically, I really want to encourage you to focus on this idea um, with your horses and your relationship with them and your training goals. Hey there, I'm glad you're back for another episode of the TWE podcast. If the audio is a little bit off, I apologize. I'm usually driving in my car when I record these episodes, so I try and keep them as clean as possible, but sometimes I can't help it. (laughs) Hopefully this episode is really helpful and inspires either um, questions or just a thought process. And I would love to hear back from you about how this podcast episode or my podcast episodes in general have impacted your life and your relationship with your horse. If you feel like you'd like to share, you can always check out more information about the willing equine on my website, thewillingequine.com, where I talk about different things on my blog. I share about my social media platforms, and I also offer training services and things like my foundation course, which runs every three months. So if you'd like to learn more, head to my website. Otherwise, keep listening or actually, you know what, wait till after the episode to check out my website um, because I would love for you to listen to this episode and I'd love to hear back from you on it. So keep listening and I hope you enjoy. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the TWE podcast season three. This is the first episode back. Um, It's been a little while since I've done an episode. We took a long break over the uh, 2020 slash beginning of 2021 winter time. I usually take a break on in throughout December and some of January. So I'm really excited to get back though to recording these podcasts and sharing them with you guys. Um, First though, a little bit of an update. So one of my last episodes in season two, or the last episode of season two, was an update and talking about um, just what kind of, well, anyway, the passing of my mare, Tiger. And it was a very emotional episode. um, And it was something like it took a lot of effort, emotional energy to get that episode out and recorded and then share it with you guys. There was actually a thought that I wouldn't share it, um, but I decided to go ahead and share it. And it was really good. I'm glad that I went forward with sharing it because it was healing and I felt like a lot of people were able to connect with the story that I had with her and will always have with her. Um, And so I think it was a good, I don't know, it was just really good for everybody I think involved. And um, so kind of a little update I wanted to share with where I'm at now and how that process has been going since losing her. Um... You know, I still have significant ups and downs. I mean, there are days where I just lose it, um, you know. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. See, anytime I start talking about her, I get emotional again. But I am doing better. And really having that experience with Tiger and our relationship together and processing everything that she has taught me and just her kind of legacy that she left behind is really motivating to keep going forward and to keep um, helping others and to spreading information 
um, educational information, easily accessible information, because that's how I learned. And that's how I got started on this path was through the freely available information through from some amazing, very inspirational horse people through social media. That was the first thing that really got me started. And while from there I dove into, you know, courses and clinics and, you know, on and on from there, the starting point was social media. And the starting point was um, podcasts weren't as big of a thing at the time. But I think podcasts, I would have definitely been influenced by that. But it was having conversations with people. It was having people there to support, sharing videos of their training and talking about the ups and downs and just the freely available information out there that is just so powerful. And um, I really hope to continue to make that available to people. So I am doing better. Um, The horses are doing really well. They thankfully did not have too big of a transition period um, from when Tiger left. Pumpkin was a little bit irritable and a little bit off personality-wise. I don't really know exactly how to explain it, but I could tell she was off. She was more on edge than she usually is. She's pretty chill and laid back, uh, but she kind of had some moments where I was like, oh, geez, she's having a hard time uh, for a while. It was probably a couple weeks to a month afterwards. And I think some of the other horses may have felt a little bit like things were a little bit different for them, but I'm not, you know, I can't say exactly. They all seemed pretty steady about the process. And I, I know that sometimes the grieving process for horses can be really traumatic and hard on them when their herd companions pass away or leave. Um, Thankfully, they have a very, you know, they have quite a few horses in their herd. So we have a herd of five now. And at the time it was six. And because I think there were six horses and then once Tiger passed, there were five more um, that were well-established and had really good relationships. I think that helped them all move forward versus if she had just had one pasture companion and then that pasture companion, I think, would have really suffered with her loss. So thanks. I am glad and happy to report that they are doing well and I'm doing a lot better and I'm really excited to go into 2021 with renewed inspiration and feeling a lot better. The end of 2020, I think 2020 was hard on everybody um, all over the world and I definitely did not have it the worst and I am extremely grateful for all the opportunities and the ways I was blessed through 2020. Um, I think the biggest struggle was when I was hit with Tiger's loss and at Up until that point, I had been doing okay, but I was trigger stacking. So if we think about trigger stacking for like our horses, there's um, distant antecedents and stimuli that are a little bit challenging. Like they're the the ant the being the shoot I can't find words. I need to get back into the rhythm of doing these podcasts. So um, the the learner, so whether it's me or the horse um, or the dog or the kid or whoever, they, you know, there's something that is happening that's very low-lying 
um, irritation or stressor or something like that, but they're able to cope with it just fine. But then you add another one on top, and now we've got two things we're having to cope with, and we're doing okay, but then we've got three things we're having to cope with, and we're like, okay, we're getting there, and then you get the fourth or the fifth or the sixth one, whichever it is, and this is just an arbitrary number. It could be a whole slew of things depending on the individual, and eventually it's kind of like the straw that broke the camel's back, right? It's the final stressor that just everything comes tumbling down, you start to lose it, you've trigger stacked and now you're just like everything it just seems to come out of nowhere, this big emotional, mental, physical explosion basically of stress and anxiety and fear and even it could come out as anger, um, so rage responses or depression or really any kind of response could come from that, it depends on the individual. So this happens with our horses and it happens with us and for me, I was coping with 2020 really well, or I felt like I was doing okay, like I was keeping it under control for myself personally. Um, but I was definitely getting close to maxing myself coping wise. And then I lost Tiger and it just went up in flames for me. And I crashed hard and I went into a really, um, really depressed state uh, to the point like I didn't want to get out of bed Um for long periods of time. And that was because, you know, it was the grieving process, but also just I had burned myself out in 2020. So it was really critical going into, um, well, I had a couple months of commitments I had to get through. But then going into the end of 2020, I was able to block out over a month of just going behind the scenes, doing some maintenance behind the scenes as far as my business goes, restoring, resting my, uh, myself as well. So I just spent a lot of time just not worrying about training, not worrying about um, anything business-wise really, except for what I had specifically set out to work on, you know, finances, planning for 2021, things like that. That was fine. And keeping up with my clients I had at the time. Um, but no development, like no continuing to progress or organize clinics or webinars or writing new material or just stuff that requires a lot of output and creativity and creating stuff just is really, can be really draining when you're in that state of mind and you're just not feeling it. So it was extremely nice to be able to just take off that whole month and really sit back and just think about what I wanted life to look like going into 2021, at least the part that I can control. I can't control everything. Who knows what's coming down the pipeline? Um, I But I want to be kind of ready for it. And mentally, I don't want to hit this moment where just one thing happens. I don't want to be so close to my threshold that one thing happens. And it's, it could be even a really, really minor thing. And then everything goes haywire, right? Like shit hits the fan. And... um. So I am trying this year, and maybe many of you will be listening to this and thinking, oh yeah, sounds like what I need to do too, or you could, you know, understand where I'm coming from, where I want to go into this year keeping myself way under threshold so that when things do start to build up, it's not like one minor inconvenience happens, or even one big thing, Um, it could be a big thing too, or it could be a really minor thing, and it causes your whole world to come crumbling down. Obviously losing your heart horse like I did is a huge deal. So I'm not like I could have been coping really well and that would have created a grieving process, of course. But it was more than just that going into last year. That was just kind of like this big event that happened for me. 
Um, so that was a tangent I did not have on the pot, this episode's outline, but hopefully it is helpful for anybody listening going into the new year. And I'm not huge on making like New Year's resolutions, you know, like quote resolutions, but I do love really setting aside time. And when I talk about time, like I have spent the last um, probably six to eight weeks um really thinking about the direction and the purpose behind what I'm doing going into 2021 and thinking about what the motivations are, where I would like to prioritize my time, what my ultimate goals are for this year and keeping those goals to a relative like minimum. Like I don't want so many goals that I get to the end of the year and I feel dissatisfied that I didn't get everything done. I wanted to create and I've done this for a couple of years now where, well, really just this year and the last year, um, I wanted to go into the year with like two or three major over, like, this is like my major goals for this year. And um, so I, I create those. And then I go in and I talk about, um, sorry, not talk about, I think about for myself what it is. I would like to change that was happening last year. So the thing is, we can't just add new things to our plate and then just expect them to happen. First of all, we have to think about it in approximations, right? So, you know, it's really, this is why a lot of times the whole idea of like, you know, this year I'm going to, this is going to be the year I get fit, right? And you get your gym membership and which is fantastic, by the way, if that's what your goal is. I'm not trying to discourage you from that, but it would be really helpful if people would, you know, instead of saying, okay, this is the year I'm going to get fit, I'm going to go to the gym, and then they block out, they say, I'm going to go five days a week, and I'm going to work out for an hour. For somebody who's never worked out before and doesn't have that, quote, habit, that um, behavioral repertoire, you know, they, when they don't consistently do that already, that is a lot, that is a huge approximation that you just signed up for. And you're more likely to fail because of that. It's a similar idea to when we're training our horses and we, you know, we say, okay, we want our horses to lead on the lead line, right? But you're dealing with a horse that has never led on the lead line before. If you just walked into the pasture and try to put a halter on them and make them lead nicely next to you all in one training session, right then that is a huge approximation that is lumping criteria and you're setting your horse up for failure. And so with the whole gym idea and, and, um, new year's resolutions and all that, you're setting yourself up for failure. If you go into it with too big of an approximation of too uh, much on the plate at one time. So that kind of ties into what I was saying a moment ago and I'll get back to it, but I try and build myself up to the changes that I would like to see. So if let's let's say I were to by January 1st have these ideas, these goals that I would like for myself. It, whether they're personal goals or business goals, it doesn't matter. Let's say that I well one of my goals I'll this isn't a goal, it's well, it's a change I would like to see. So there's a difference to me. There's the changes, there's like these behavior changes I would like to see in myself. And one of those is is that I want to be getting up at 6:30 in the morning. 
Um, I have kids and I want to be up before them because it's very challenging to start your day with three kids jumping on your bed and trying to wake you up and you're not a morning person. So it's nice if I can get up a little bit before them and get a chance to like open my eyes and drink a cup of coffee and then just be like, hi kids, how are you? Versus like, oh my gosh, why are you awake? You know, like there's two different ways to start off your day. And so I'm trying to get to that one where I'm up a little bit before them, but it's really, really hard on me because I love to stay up late. My my flow state, like all of that as far as like my mental creative maximum point of day is like after eight or nine o'clock at night. I don't know why, but it I hit like eight or nine o'clock at night and my brain just starts ticking and it's just got so many ideas and it gets so creative and I love it. But I also happen to be a person that requires eight hours of sleep a night. And if I do not get eight hours of sleep a night, it is not good. It is not good for the people around me. It is not good for me. It is not good for my horses. It's not good for anybody. It's not good for you guys either. So um, I, so that's the trouble. Like I, anyway, I'm getting way too deep into like the minutiae of it. But one of my changes I would like to see for myself this year, the behavior changes is to get up earlier. It would be really challenging for me to go from where I have been over December and the early part of January. I've been getting up at like 9 or 10 o'clock in the morning. I've just been sleeping in and just allowing myself this time to just really restore and just do whatever. And so what I've decided to do is start backing it up in 30-minute increments. And we're just trying to get up to that point where I can get up at 6.30 consistently versus trying to jump all the way to 6.30 in the morning. That's just really hard on me. And then the other side of that is, is it's going to require behavior change on the flip side of going to bed earlier so that I can get up earlier. So I'm also having to bump that up earlier. And I've been going to bed at like 11 o'clock at night. So now I'm trying to get it to 10 and then I'm going to get it to 9. And so we're just going to do that. We're going to just start shifting my clock basically. Um, And so we can do this, this is just the idea of taking change in approximations, and we do this with our horse training too, and we can do this with ourself. So one of the ideas of that I do when I'm going into my new year, and I'm really planning how I would like it to look, is I have to look at the goals that I want, whether it's one, two, three goals, you know, for this year, for TWE, I want to really focus on building my online community and putting out more courses and stuff. And that's just a really big focus for me this year. Um, the other big focus for me this year is more of a personal one. And it's that um, I'm, I will be homeschooling my kids this year and I really need to get on their curriculum because we kind of floated through fall last year. Uh, before that, they had private schools and all that. And then we also had the pandemic and all of that. So everything in 2020 was a mess. But 2021, we really got to get serious about their education. And um, and I'm very familiar with homeschooling. I grew up being homeschooled. But it's different when you're the one homeschooling versus the one being homeschooled, if that makes sense. And I'm also a full-time working mom. So there's a lot of challenges there. So I have these two big goals. And that's just two of the couple that I have. But to, in order to be able to achieve these goals, I have to modify some of my behavior so that I can achieve the goals. And I know that sounds kind of like, well, duh, of course, <laughs> to be able to, but I think a lot of times what we do is we say, this year, I want to focus on my online community. And we just say, we're going to spend more time on the online community, but we don't think about what that means as far as our day-to-day behavior. Like, where's the 
the day-to-day behavior, where's the day-to-day changes, the approximations to get to that goal. For me, that meant that I had to block out you know, more hours during the week to work on my online community and engage with it. But in order to block out more hours for that, I had to reduce something else. So I had to let go of, say goodbye to, or reduce other areas of my life, other behaviors I was doing, other ways I was spending my time in order to create this new um, focus on this other goal, right? So Again, this is not at all where I planned this episode to go. So I don't have an outline for this. I'm just kind of spitballing here and just talking about planning and setting up your your uh, your year. Or you could even take just a month or you could take a quarter. I tend to do a lot of planning per quarter because things change so much in three months. Like my kids change, everything changes, my clients change, my training projects change, the, what the society as a whole looks like seems to change within three months you never know or in a pandemic or not like things just change rapidly so making goals for certain quarters of the year so it can be a really good place to start rather than going so big as to the whole year but I do tend to do both so I have like one or two major overarching themes slash goals for certain years But I also break it down into quarters. Like this quarter, I would like to focus on this one goal. This quarter, I'd like to focus on this one goal. And I usually only do like one or two. And then I leave the other two quarters and I'll go and assess those later. Um, So with that, um, yeah, so we can relate this all back to horse training though. And how we plan out our horses training programs and our shaping plans and also how we address behavior in our horses. Um, We can look at a big overarching goal. So let's say you're going into 2021 and you have a the goal of teaching your horse to um, man I'm trying to think of. I know quite a few people have told me that their goal for 2021 is to start their horse under saddle with positive reinforcement. Fantastic goal. Lovely goal. I'm all for it. Like, yes, do the, please do. Um, but that is such a big thing, right? That is a huge jump forward um, and a big, big goal. And it can seem so daunting to look at and you're like, but where do I start, right? So where do I start? And I, you know, I'm not going to break this all the way down um, for this episode, but I just wanted to kind of use that as an example of what I'm talking about, how what I just, everything I just said, how it applies to our horse training. So you have this big goal that you would like your horse to be riding under saddle with our, um, our plus positive reinforcement. So we need to break this down into, we could think about it as quarters and then we could think about it as month goals, right? We can break our ginormous shaping plan to reach that point. Cause there's a lot of individual aspects that go into riding. There's riding, um, the different riding cues, such as turn cues and stopping and going cues. There's being able to carry a rider. There's, um, you know, safely and physically. So being strong enough to carry a rider. There's also, um, Teaching them to have a rider get on their back. There's also the wearing the equipment, uh, the different types of equipment. Do they need to wear a a, um, a bit? Do they need to wear a saddle and a cinch? Do they need to wear a bridle? Like all these different things. There is a lot that goes into that whole um, riding behavior. And 
So there's a lot that goes into that writing behavior, and we can break this down into smaller bite-sized chunks. It would be too much and too big of a leap, a training leap. It's too much. There, You're lumping your criteria. You're not breaking it down small enough um, to just go from my horse doesn't know how to be ridden at all to now I would like to ride, right? That's just too big of a leap. And we can rush the steps too quickly if that's our only step in our mind. And then we could even break it down more, but it'd still be too big of a le- too big of leaps. So we could say, okay, my horse needs to wear um, a saddle and a cinch. So then one day you go out there and put the saddle and cinch on. Well, most likely you're going to end up with a horse that is bucking and trying to run off if you just throw it on them one day. So that's too big of a leap as well. So we need to break that down even smaller. And that's too big of a leap because we don't want to be pushing our horses over their threshold like that and causing fear responses and more on that in other episodes. But just so you know, that's why I say it's too big of a leap. By the horse's response, the bucking and the running off and all of that, they are telling us that we created, we um, jumped steps, that we pushed them too far too quickly and they don't know how to respond and they are scared now and they are expressing that through their behavior. So that is feedback, that is data, and hopefully we can avoid this data by experience and knowing that that is likely to cause that type of response. We have enough data as horse people to know that just walking out there and putting uh, a saddle and a cinch on your horse is likely going to cause that response. So it's just pretty safe to say that that's going to happen for most horses. So what we can do is break it down into smaller pieces. So can we just put a saddle pad on? Then can they, are they comfortable with being touched around their barrel? Then can we kind of softly put a, a an ace bandage around their barrel and stuff like that? Like we can break it down into small components and then put it all back together. And that's how we avoid those big leaps, those big lumps, right? Now, So this all applies to how we treat ourselves and our planning and our goals for our year and when we're trying to modify our own behavior to reach those goals. And we also have to think about it with horses. This same thing happens as far as um, being able to, like let's say your goal is to ride your horse with positive reinforcement and you only have a certain amount of time to be out there each day with your horse working on this and you've been working on things like let's say you've been teaching your horse a Spanish walk or you've been teaching them to uh, jump at liberty or you've been teaching them to... um, doesn't really matter any other behavior and you have been dedicating a lot of time to training those behaviors but now if you have this new goal the reality is is that you're going to have to set aside a lot of that other training to prioritize the training to this new goal so you're going to have to modify what it is that you're doing to achieve these goals and modify for your horse too and we could take this concept even deeper and we could talk about how um we can modify our environments and we can modify for our horses their environment to help us achieve our goals. So let's say I want to, like one of my goals I said um, was to work on my online community and really boost it up and, and engage in it and get it really just rocking and rolling, right? But let's say my online community, um, The platform wasn't very conducive to a lot of engagement. Maybe the comments, you know, ability was pretty limited or, um, or, you know, maybe 
the, I don't know, there's like so many different factors. We could say that maybe the engagement from the other members wasn't like super positive. And so the online community itself, yes, I may want to spend more time boosting it up. But if the community itself was a little bit um, like it held held it back a little bit, like the environment of the community, the way it's set up, the way it's arranged, like all of that and the engagement that's already happening in there isn't conducive to reaching that goal, we're going to need to make changes. So same thing with our horses and riding. Let's say you have your horse that your goal is to ride with positive reinforcement. You, um, But this horse is stalled 24-7 and gets fed a high sugar feed, right? And our goal is to take this youngster, let's say the horse is only like four or five years old and never been started under saddle, and start them under saddle without causing those big explosions and stuff. We would be starting on a foundation that is not conducive to achieving those goals. We would be basically holding ourselves back. We could try. We could be training and working really hard and have perfect shaping plans and perfect um, timing and just using the best methods out there, all of that. But if our the foundation and the other antecedents, the things that are going on in the horse's life do not set a really good foundation for being able to achieve these goals, then we're going to be holding ourselves back and make the process slower and possibly unsuccessful. So same thing with ourselves. When you have these goals, ooh, a good example would be the gym situation. So this is relatable to, I know, a lot of people. I personally have a really hard time with gyms because, you know, I don't know. I'm just, I'm socially awkward sometimes. And I feel like it's just awkward to me to be inside of a gym. I'd much rather, and also to me, if I'm going to exercise, I'm going to be doing it with my horse. That's just me personally. I know you can't do all the same exercises, but honestly, I'd rather be out in the field doing push-ups with my horses there for whatever reason. That seems like a weird picture, but yeah, anyway, then being doing it in a gym. I just want to be outside. I like being outside. But anyway, a lot of people love the gym. Like my husband loves the gym. So, um, I get it. And, but imagine your goal is to get fit this year and you want to start going to the gym five days a week. And, you know, you're going to take your time and build up to that. And you're not going to just start off with five days a week, an hour each day. You're going to say, okay, I'm going to start with one day a week. And then we're going to go up to two days a week. And then we're just going to go from there. You're going to do that. You're going to get a coach. You're going to get your form right. You're going to build yourself up. It's all going to be awesome. You've got this great shaping plan for yourself. But let's say, you know, a family member at home gives you a hard time about going to the gym every day is going to give, let's say they're going to give you a hard time about that and they don't believe in that goal for you. Or let's say you're not eating right. Or let's say that you're really, really stressed at work and you're worried about that you're going to get fired if you um, don't work overtime and you have to not work overtime to be able to make it to the gym before it closes. So like we've got all these distant things, these other things impacting our ability to achieve our goals that are not necessarily directly related to our behavior. Um, they are, but aren't, but they are going to impact the success of the goal. So it's, it's relatable. Our lives, our day-to-day lives, our goals, our reaching our goals, our um, ability to be successful in our endeavors and to plan and all of that is very, very eerily similar to successful horse training. And um, so this is something I've been really thinking about 
for myself mostly and also for my kids and just my family and, and as a whole is if I were a horse <laughs> and somebody else were to look at my life and say, okay, for, you know, Adele, horse Adele to be successful in, you know, reaching this training goal for her, let's say I want her to achieve this. I want her to be able to do this and, you know, X, Y, Z, right? Um, what does she need as a foundation to enable that success? And then what approximation should we take to reach that goal? And then what things are we going to have to set aside for now to allow time for this new goal? And what things are we going to have to set aside permanently so that she can continue doing this thing? Because some goals are permanent life changes. Um, for me, a permanent life change I'm attempting to make is learning um, how not to burn out <laughs> every year at the end of the year. I'm trying to trying to figure out my how to pursue a very successful business while also taking care of myself and my family. And one of them usually seems to suffer, and I'm I struggle with the finding that balance. Usually, the one that suffers is my poor family. I felt really bad for them, um, and I'm trying. I'm trying to get better about it. So this year, one of my goals is to uh, really help find that balance for my family and for my business and myself. And I don't really like the word balance because. I don't think there's a precise or exact amount of any one thing you should do. And maybe balance is the right word, but I I just want to mention that I think it ebbs and flows. So there are going to be seasons, I think, where you have to spend more time in a certain area of your life than others. Um, this year may be the year that I really spend less time on business or more time on business. Um, while another year, it's the opposite, right? So like 20... 20. Um, I really cranked it out with my business. 2021, maybe I just take it back to like 80%. Like I'm just not going 110% um, or 100% for the people. So it sometimes people get irritated when you're like 110%. They're like 100% is maximum. I'm sorry about for those people that are irritated by that. But um, so if I were to go my 100% in 2020, and I really burned myself out, and I was just like, man, it's just this is not healthy for me where I am in my life and I can't give a hundred percent to my business and then have nothing left for myself or my kids. So I need to step back how much I'm spending on my business time so I can dedicate more time to my family and my kids. And then maybe 2022, I bump that percentage back up a little bit. I get to the end of the year. I'm like, you know what, this year was really good, but it was also, you know, I just didn't feel like I spent, you know, um, maybe my kids are, not homeschooled anymore and I can start dedicating more time to my job. I don't know. You just, it, it changes. It ebbs and flows is basically what I'm trying to get to. So yeah, I don't know. I felt like I said so a lot so far in this episode, but I kind of came into this episode wanting to kind of give an update about the future of TWE and just talk about where I've been as far as my planning and organizing and not necessarily specifics, but just like talking about that resetting process. I feel like the beginning of the year and the end of the previous year is a really good reset time and to really think about where you're trying to go in life. And especially a little bit older I've gotten, it's been important to me to dedicate um, set amounts of time 
weekly, monthly, year, quarterly, yearly to sit down with just yourself quietly and think about where you're going. And these things change. I mean, I could have these all these plans for 2021 and, you know, things change and I'll have to reassess. And that's fine. Like, that happens. But that's why I try not to set too much in stone. Like, it's not like in January I'm going to achieve this and in February I'm going to achieve that. Because it's, I can't, for where I am in my life right now especially, I can't lock myself into that strict of a timeline. Um, But I can... Uh, work towards general overarching theme goals, if that makes sense. So like the community one, just really um, helping it grow and cultivating it. That's just like this big overarching theme over 2021. Another big overarching theme is to really focus on my own personal horses. Um, Just really getting, you know, working on their training. I'd like to start River Under Saddle this year and Baby as well. And so that's just kind of, and I want to focus on them a little bit more than I did um, last year. And the previous year, I spent a lot of time focusing on clients' horses, which is fine. That was wonderful experience for those years. But this year, I want to focus a little bit more on my horses. So again, it's not a strict like goal it's not a strict like by July 1st 2021 river will be walking and trotting under saddle no it's not like that it's like in 2021 I would like to focus on my own personal horses these are my top five goals for each horse and I prioritize them my ultimate goal for this horse for this year like for um for River would be to get her um, under saddle to walk mostly as my primary, but maybe trotting. And I'd like to start some trail rides with her. And, you know, for baby, it's very similar, probably some trotting with her as well. Um, let's see for another horse. I have, um, you know, Candy and Cash, one of my main goals for them is to work on reestablishing and solidifying their foundation behaviors because I'd like to do some clinics with them this year, having people come to my place and, um, and learn with them and learn with my horses. I think they would, they are wonderful teachers. I just want to get their behaviors a little bit more solid before I hand them over to beginners. Um, or even experienced trainers that are just learning a new way of communicating with horses. It's just really nice when you have some horses that have just like rock solid, you know, foundation behaviors that they can then practice their mechanics on. So, um, yeah, so I have, you know, I have other horses. We have other goals as well. Um, but those are just a couple examples of just this overarching theme. It's not a fixed goal. And I think we can do this with ourselves too. I don't think I know we can do this with ourselves too. Going into 2021, what is your overarching theme for this year? What is your feel that you want to take away from this year? When you get to the end of this year, how do you want to look back at it and feel that you did? Like, did you really focus this time? Maybe you want to spend more time with your family this year. That's just one big overarching theme for the year. And when you get to the end of the year, you should you know, because it wasn't this like fixed, like I must meet them this many times a week, you know, all of that. Um, I think it's a little bit easier to feel comfortable with what you were able to accomplish and confident with it and happy with it. Versus if you 
start off the year with this New Year's resolution that I'm going to see my family five times a week for an hour a day. And then you get a couple weeks in or a month in and you're just like, shoot, this is so hard. I can't do this. And then you like bail and you stop doing it. And then you almost feel guilty about it. So then you just don't go at all. And then you forget to even try because you're just like, I can't reach my goal. So I'm not even going to try. And it just creates this whole terrible cycle. So that's just kind of my little tip for myself that works really well. And this is coming from a very like checklist, to-do list, project organizing, um, time blocking. Like I have ideal weeks and like time blocks throughout for every day of like, this is my couple hour block to work on this. This is 30 minutes to work on this. And like, I am an organizer and a very like, um, yeah, anyway, scheduled and to-do list type person. So, but I have learned to start letting go of some of that um, hyper-organizing because it leads me to feeling bad about myself and like I can't be perfect. And if you haven't listened to my previous episode on perfection, perfectionism and all of that, then that might be a good one to tag along with this one because I feel like they really fit in together. Um, so yeah, we're like 30 plus minutes into this episode and we've spent a lot of time talking about just New Year's themes, <laughs> um, new goals and organizing and really planning and thinking about your future and what you want to take away from this year without overwhelming yourself. And then how that applies to our horse training as well, how we can feel really good about the training that we're doing with our horses and having a purpose with it without boxing ourselves into these unrealistic um, expectations of ourselves and our horses. And yeah, so like, it's just to kind of reiterate how that applies to the horses. You know, when I was talking about with River, I have this riding goal, and we went through the whole analogy of um, lumping with the riding criteria and, you know, skipping along and not preparing the horses and all that, that whole analogy I gave. This concept, this idea that by hyper or not hyper, um, setting up unrealistic planning or unrealistic like New Year's expectations and without giving ourselves time to modify our behavior and without picking small approximations and then building up from there. And then also um, that idea of avoiding becoming too strict or too severe on your new goal for yourself, the change that you want to see, because you it sets you up to be um, easily disappointed in yourself and because you're not able to achieve your, your perfect, your ideal, you know, like this is how many times I worked out, you know, I'm just, this is awesome, this is great. Um, if you're not able to achieve that, then you can easily be disappointed with any progress and then give it all up together. So we can do this um, or take this idea into um, our horse training too. So with River, with the riding, if I were to say by the end of 21, I want to, you know, take River to a riding clinic. and I want to be walk, trot, cantering. And I want her to look exactly like this and be doing or take her to her first um, ranch riding competition and 
just get in. I want to say like, okay, I'm going to um, start by riding her five days a week for 30 minutes a day. And, um, and you know, all this stuff, like I had very strict, really almost limiting or overwhelming goals that were so defined. If I was not able to ride her that much, which I, I don't usually start horses riding that much, that's a lot. Um, if I wasn't able to achieve that, especially early on, and if we, by the end of the year, were, let's say by the end of the year, we went, didn't go to a ranch riding competition, but we went on our first trail ride and we walked and trotted on the trail ride and maybe we were able to go out even without companions Um, or maybe I took her in the trailer with a companion and we went on a trail ride at a new place that is a huge accomplishment that is a huge accomplishment that I would normally be really really happy with more than happy with like right now if I were to achieve that with her like that is a super fantastic thing But because at the beginning of the year, I had written down my goal for 2021 is to take her to her first ranch riding competition and ride her five days a week and all of this, I might be prone to getting to the end of the year and going, well, I didn't reach my goals and just being bummed, you know, and just being like really irritated with myself that I wasn't able to accomplish it. And then I might feel really negative about my relationship with River and how she's responding to the training. And I might even like put it back on her, like, well, just, you know, she's just really difficult and you know, we tried, but she just wasn't ready for it. And kind of, even if I was trying to be really nice about it, it would be easy for me to then turn around and blame the horse because she didn't reach my arbitrary goals that I had set out for her that she had no idea about. So that's something that I feel very strongly about when it comes to our horse training, how important it is to set themes, set general goals but not get so fixated on them and and box those goals into such step-by-step you know step-by-step steps (laughs) such um, specific or outlined steps that come down to like dictating your days and your hours and your weeks and your months like they are not so boxed in that your goals are not so well-defined and boxed in that it doesn't allow room for the individual and life and allow you to be content with where you end up by the end of the year or the quarter or the month or the week or the day. Um, I think if we don't, or if we do that, if we go about creating goals like that, we just set everybody up for disappointment. And so that's just something I've learned over the years for myself, for my horses is really helpful is to go in with a theme type goal, like go in with a general goal, but not a strictly defined goal that will leave you feeling disappointed in yourself, in your training abilities, in your horse, or in the rest of your day-to-day life, whether it doesn't matter what the goal is. And I think you'll feel a lot more content and happy and accomplished with whatever it is that you're able to achieve and you should be you should be happy you should with that you should be reinforcing yourself yes like you made steps you took approximations towards a big ultimate goal and um sure maybe you don't go to the gym five days a week but you're going three days a week, that's a sure of a hell a lot more than you were going before right you know in our little theoretical um 
yeah, anyway, example. Or let's say the same example with river and riding. I get to the end of the year, I go on this trail ride and all that. It's fantastic. You know, we're safe. The horse is happy. I'm happy. Yeah, I'm not going to my first ranch riding competition, but my horse is happy and we're riding. That's a lot more than we're at right now. Like I've sat on her a couple of times now, but we're not consistently like riding and she doesn't consistently respond to rain cues. It would not be safe to take her on a trail ride right now. And, and she probably wouldn't be happy and I wouldn't be happy. So we made a lot of progress. Um, and we should be happy with that. We should be ecstatic about that. So yeah, yeah. I just wanted to kind of like vent all that and share it with you guys and see if maybe it helps you with going into 2021 and with everything going on as it is right now and maybe not being sure about life in general or what you want to do or with your training goals with your horses. Um, I don't know. I just feel like this might help somebody because it has helped me to understand these concepts and um and to utilize them in my day-to-day life, in my training with my horses, in my business development, and just generally being more content with the progress that I make. And it stops me from, or it helps me not get stuck in the mindset of it's never enough, because that is me. That is me 100%. It doesn't matter if I worked and this is actually a realization I came to last, um, towards the end of last year. And this was one of the things that really brought me to kind of a halt. And I was like, I had to reevaluate. Um, and going into 2021, it's been something I've been keeping in the front, forefront of my mind. It dawned on me one day that, well, actually it dawned on me after I was reading some stuff. And over time, it, it was trickling in. But the, like finally, like at one point, my brain just went like, aha, like this is when I thought to myself, I could literally work from 6am until 4am the next day and do it every day. And I could work seven days a week. And I could basically burn the candle at both ends and still not feel like I was doing enough. And when that clicked in my mind I was like whoa lady you have got some problems I'm just kidding but um I just realized that I was looking for happiness in accomplishments and they were accomplishments that kept growing and increasing with every step forward I made so I would make one approximation one step forward towards my goal and I the goal would just get bigger so it was like a never-ending race to a finish line that didn't exist and I talk about this in the perfection episode too um, but I think this uh, applies now to not just perfectionism but towards achieving and feeling accomplished and feeling successful it's a finish line that doesn't really exist because everybody's what feels successful to them is not only different, everybody's is different. It also is constantly changing. So, you know, cause I had somebody ask me, you know, what would it, what is it that you're trying to achieve? Like what would help, what would make you feel successful? And I did not have a defined idea of what would make me feel successful or accomplished or like I had quote made it. Um, and I think that's because, for me personally, it's not the necessarily the achieving the goal that is the reinforcer. 
the the thing I'm trying to reach. It's the process of doing. It's the process of working towards goals. And that's why I keep adding more goals because I'm just in more things to do and more things. My to-do list just grows and grows and grows. And as soon as I get three things checked off, five are added. And I do this to myself. I've done this to myself my whole life. And I, um, I don't like, I, there has been a couple of days, there have been a couple of days where I've only put a couple things on my to-do list and I've gotten to the end of the day and I didn't have anything on my to-do list. And for a moment I felt good. Like for a moment I was like, yes, I've made it. <laughs> like I accomplished my goals. And then I would immediately start adding goals to it or or to-do list, or I would go find something to do. I'm like, well, maybe I could just start on tomorrow's list. Like it just never stopped. So that really told me that what I was trying to chase wasn't the thing that like, it was just going to be a never ending chase, which honestly is fine. Like that's not, I don't believe it's inherently wrong to continue trying to achieve and moving forward and making progress. Like that's fine. Like that's how we make progress in this world and that's how things change and that's how we move forward. And that, that process of moving forward is good and it is healthy, but we can't let it destroy our lives. Like we can't let it make us unhappy. Um, Somehow this has turned into like a life talk. I don't know how this has <laughs> turned into this. So for me, and I am I am talking about myself. I am not like a specialist in this area or a motivational speaker or anything. I'm just literally talking out loud about my experiences. And I feel like some of you guys will relate. And hopefully this isn't an episode that people are like, trash. Um, but for me, what I started to realize was that I could find joy in the process of working towards goals without having to feel like I was sprinting. Like I, let me see if I can explain this. I stepped back and started thinking about that process of achieving or of working towards goals as the reinforcer versus thinking that reaching the goal was the reinforcer. Hopefully that makes sense. So I started focusing, obtaining, or really um, enjoying and embracing and being comfortable in that process of moving towards the goal and allowing that to be the thing that just really fueled me. Um, and I didn't, and I stopped putting as much weight on accomplishing the goal because the, I had put all the weight on accomplishing the goal when in reality that wasn't the thing that I was really after because I would just add another goal. As soon as I had reached the goal, I'd add another one. And again, that's fine. Like continuing to add goals is fine, but you, or at least I, was really burning myself out by never allowing myself to slow down and enjoy the path towards the goal. And this has allowed me to cut back on my work hours a little bit and um, focus more time on some other things, some other goals in my life, and to be more um, accepting and enjoy the process the training process with my horses when it doesn't go exactly the way I was looking for. So let's say, let's say that river, I get to the, my goal for this year is to um, 
ride her, right? Uh, let's say for me, for me, it's actually her, the goal is to, I'd like to trail ride her by the end of the year, but um, we'll see. <laughs> That's the whole point of this episode. We'll see. Uh, but what, what happens if I get started to get back on and I just realize it's not, right now is not the time or something physically happens. Like maybe she gets injured, God forbid, knock on some wood. Um, if I was so dead set and convinced that reaching the goal of riding her was the reinforcer I was after and was the thing that I must get, then that would cause this crushing blow to me to know that that had been removed. Like it would be a punisher when I realized that I could no longer achieve that because of this other thing that happened. Like it was like somebody took away the reinforcer and that's essentially what happens. Life had taken away the reinforcer from me and I was, it was like a negative punishment experience that I, um, the reinforcer was no longer available to me because I could not achieve the goal. And I was so convinced that was the thing that I was after. But instead of I can look at the training process, the path, the process towards that goal And the goal is kind of this fluctuating thing that depends on what we feel like or what we would like it to be. And it could change, but it doesn't, that's not the big deal. The big deal is the process. So it doesn't matter if like, let's say again, God forbid, knock on some wood that she were to get injured and I couldn't ride her this year or ever again, but let's say this year. And, um, I could say, okay, sucks, (laughs) you know, not great, but but that's not the thing that I enjoy the most. I enjoy the process of working towards training goals and that training goal can change. So I'm going to shift my training goal this year, theoretically, to some in-hand work or teaching her um, concepts and recognizing color or scent work or whatever it is. It doesn't matter. It's the process that I'm enjoying now instead of being so dead set on the goal. And yeah, so I feel like this has been applying to my own life and my planning and my organizing and my to-do list and all that. It's, I don't look at my to-do list as this like anxiety inducing, oh my gosh, I have so many things on my to-do list and I will never reach the goal of accomplishing this to-do list or looking at, um, training river to ride as this just like overwhelming, just like, oh my gosh, I'm never going to get there or, um, saying going to the gym five days a week and it's just this impossible, just like burden. You're like, I'm never going to get there. Instead, if we could step back and say the process of working towards, you know, going to the gym more often is the enjoyable part or, um, I can't remember the two other examples I gave the process towards writing is the enjoyable goal. The, oh, the to-do list, the, it's okay if I don't accomplish my whole checklist, I'm just going to enjoy each thing that I check off, like, or the process towards working to check off one individual thing on the task on the to-do list. So if I have 10 things on my to-do list and I start on number one and I'm working through it and I get that checked off, okay, that was enjoyable. Like it doesn't matter that the whole to-do list didn't get done. I got one thing done. Or I could even break it down more and like, let's say the number two thing on the list was actually really big to do a list thing and maybe wasn't going to be accomplished in one day. Instead of letting that just like crush me that I didn't finish it all in one day and it did it and then therefore I was not allowed to also finish the whole task list. I could say um, I could, you know, work towards being happy with, okay, I didn't get to check it off today, but that's okay because I really enjoyed just working towards 
being able to check that off. Like that was just enjoyable to me. Um, and I think part of this is also choosing the things that are enjoyable for you. So obviously not everything on your to-do list is going to be the most enjoyable thing ever. You know, maybe on your to-do list is cleaning toilets and you don't like cleaning toilets. So maybe for that task, it really is going to be checking it off. So I'm not saying it's for everything. Um, but I think we could start applying this idea to our horse training, to the way we view our goals with horse training, and to the way we view our goals with business, and the way we view our goals in our personal lives, and our to-do lists, and accomplishing things. Just enjoying the process and embracing that as the reinforcer, allowing that to be the joy, the motivator, not reaching the finish line. Because the finish line if you're anything like me, it's constantly moving. It, as soon as you reach it, it's like, it's almost like you're running a race and you reach the finish line and then they're like, all right, get go. And you know, go another race just started. And you just ta- race after race, after race, after race. And it starts to just really burn you out. Like it starts to just like, you're just like, okay, I can't, I can't do any more of these races. I am just so done. The racing is no longer fun. Like I am just not enjoying this. But imagine if it was more like a trail run, you know, almost, it wasn't really a race because it wasn't timed, but there was a goal. So like, let's say you were on a trail run or like an endurance ride or something and there was an end. So it was like a, I don't know, a 20 mile one or something like that, or a five mile one. And you set out with this idea that you were just going to enjoy the ride. And yes, it would be awesome to reach the goal. And you most likely will because you've set you both up for success. And you're going to enjoy, but you're really just there to enjoy it with your horse. And you're going to enjoy the ride. And if, um, and it's just you, we're not talking about having competition necessarily, although we could do a whole nother podcast episode about that and about trying to keep up with others and feeling like you're going to get left behind if you don't win the race against all your competitors and all that. We could talk about that, but um, I feel like that's a whole nother can of worms. But let's say you're just going to enjoy the ride on this endurance ride and you're going to reach the goal because you've set yourself up for success and it's just a couple mile ride and you get to the end and then they're like, okay, here's another one. Do you want to join in? Sure. I would love to. I really enjoyed that first ride. Let's do the second one. And you just keep going and you're just like enjoying the ride. You're just enjoying the process of moving forward, making progress, growing your business, you know, getting to the gym more, feeling healthier, getting more fit, getting your horses ready to be rideable, being able to take them on trail rides, um, spending more time with your kids, eating from home more often, eating out less. Uh, maybe your one of your goals is to eat less meat. Maybe you're trying to you know go plant based. Just one less meal of meat every week or day or whatever. Just enjoying the process of uh, just those little accomplishments, those little steps forwards towards where you're going and try not to let the finish line be your only dictator of your happiness because there's always another finish line (laughs) and it will just feel like you can never just like you know win right um so yeah welcome to my TED talk uh (laughs) so yeah If you made it to this whole episode, I am super um, thankful to you. This was not, again, how I intended this episode to go. I actually intended to talk about um, Pumpkin and our relationship together. I felt like it would be 
I think it's a good thing. I don't know. I'm going to talk about that in the next episode, so stay tuned. Um, but I would love to share with you guys my things that pumpkin has taught me and our relationship together and the ups and downs that have happened with that. I've spent a lot of time and have spent a lot of time talking about tiger and the things that she's taught me. And I was thinking about this recently, um, where pumpkin has taught me so much too. And she has been there for almost as long as tiger has. And she has been on this journey with me and she has pushed my buttons and taught me to, um, new areas that I needed to work on personally and advance my horsemanship my horsemanship skills tremendously. Um, just taught me so much about relationships with horses and the never ending process of learning with them and how different individual horses can be and what that means that they need from you. And anyway, so that's a little teaser about what's coming in the next episode. So, but I feel like this was a good episode going into 2021, talking about setting goals and enjoying the process and enjoying this year coming up. I know there's going to be ups and downs. There may seem to be some really, really low lows, (laughs) but I think we can find contentment and joy in the process of moving forward in so many areas of our life. And because this is a horse podcast, an equestrian podcast, a horsemanship podcast, specifically, I really want to encourage you to focus on this idea um, with your horses and your relationship with them and your training goals and how you move forward with your interactions with them. Um, Yeah, just enjoy the ride with them, whether you're on foot or literally in the saddle, enjoy the ride with your horses. Thanks so much for listening. If you'd like to find out more, head to my website, thewillingequine.com. On there, I have a really extensive blog. I'm a very prolific writer. And I also have a an FAQ page. And the FAQ has all kinds of things. It has questions and answers about training and about my training specifically, as well as just general about working with positive reinforcement. There's also sections on there about health and um, behavior. So all of that. I'm also on a lot of different social media platforms, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook. So check those out and I'd love to hear from you. So don't hesitate to email or send me a message.